LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. This is the Ron Edmondson Leadership Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Ron Edmondson Leadership Podcast hosted by LifeWay. Ron's mission is to help church leaders become better leaders. I'm your host, Chandler Vinoy, and Ron, in this episode, we are discussing some ways to create unity in the church. And I'm sure you've seen or been in some churches that were not unified. So let us in on this one. Yeah, I have. Unfortunately, I've I've actually been the pastor of a church that wasn't unified at one time, and uh, but I... I've seen it so many times. I always say uh, one of the reasons I don't like a church with a center aisle, and this is kind of a joke, but uh, I don't like the center aisle is because it allows people to choose sides. (laughs) But I actually had that. I went to a church, uh, consulted with a church a number of years ago. And the pastor had been there a couple of years, asked me to come in and help them move forward. And I hadn't been there very long when I realized, and I went to the church on a Sunday first. In fact, I think I preached. But literally, the church had chosen sides. Wow. So one side of the church felt one way about an issue. The other side felt another. And I quickly assessed that. It wasn't hard to assess the reason you're not able to move forward. One, God can't honor that. But, but two, it's, not, it's just not a healthy culture. And so nothing thrives in that. So they had to create unity as a church before they were going to really be able to um, realize all the opportunities excuse me, opportunities God had for them. Yeah. Well, I know this is, like you just said, this is such a big issue that it needs to be figured out on the front end before anything else can really happen. So how do you create unity in a church? Well, it's not easy, uh, but I'm going to, I'll share seven as I always do. But but, uh, so, so here are seven thoughts. The first one is this, avoid the core DNA when making changes. Um, you just and and that's part of figuring out when you're when you get there what what are the things that are just non-touchable around here yeah and um, uh, and you just want to avoid those things uh, if the church is overwhelmingly for example supportive of Sunday school you're a proponent of small groups in the home I don't know that I'd change that until unity is achieved so uh, again Again, avoid the DNA when making changes until you have unity in the church. Only then will you be able to make those kind of changes. That's helpful. Let's say somebody's looking from the outside. Maybe it was you. You step into that church where you see you see the aisle is literally divided. Yeah. And you know that, hey, we've got to get unity before mm. we can kind of move forward. Mm. You are in a position where you're stepping into that role. Mm. What if your core DNA does not match the core of the church that you're going to be trying to lead to be it unified. Yeah, that's tough. I would I would have probably wanted to assess that on the front end, you know, yeah. before I agreed to go there. And some things you just simply can't. But I would, uh, you know, then I have to step back and ask myself and perhaps ask the church bigger questions. Yeah. Like, um, okay, is this, can I stay if this doesn't change? Can I live with this? Because the chances are, there are going to be some things you just will not survive trying to change at that point until there is unity in the church. So you just have to step back and ask yourself bigger questions. Yep, that's helpful. What about number two? Find some common ground. Um, what do people agree upon? You know, they, they disagree on this, whatever this is, and maybe several of these. But 
find commonality among the people and rally around that, pour energy into those things. When I got to a church that was in disunity, uh, it was uh, it was I wouldn't say split down the middle, but certainly a lot of split in the church. Um, I figured out that missions is something everybody got excited about. And so we started pouring more energy into that, which took less People only have so much time to think and talk about so many things, and so it took it it took the attention off the things that were causing uh, disunity. What about number three? Plan some group activities. Um, that could be an ice cream social or a ministry opportunity, but get people working together. Uh, one time um, in in the uh, a church I was working with, it was. Um, lacking unity, we just planned a mission project together. And and I sit there and brainstormed with them, okay, what's this mission project going to look like? And everyone participated, people from both sides of the aisle, so to speak, to continue using that illustration. And I think it, as as they, you know, there were laughs and there were um, agreements on some things, and I think that was a step towards uh, greater unity. What about number four? Celebrate Success, celebrate success. So uh, there's something about celebrating that brings people together. And so find some small wins and celebrate them. Get everybody excited about where you're going about something. You know, any wins you can find, celebrate them together, and that will help create unity. Yeah. And I think even on that, we talk, I feel like this one comes up often, but in a disunified church, it can feel like we're oftentimes losing maybe it's i'm losing my maybe it's what i care about and we're split upon or those type of things but if we're all winning together like we want to be on everybody likes to be on a winning team sure sure <laughs> so exactly. i will lay down preferences if we're winning overall well and 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 think of it this way too you know um uh I can say something b- bad about my church, but you can't, you know, type thing. I mean, just think of, use that as an illustration. It's, um, you know, maybe you, um, um, uh, I was going to say you could say something bad about your wife, but that wouldn't, <laughs> <laughs> I won't use that illustration. But the point is, um, I'm going to protect what's mine. And so, um, or what I feel like, what I'm, what I'm proud of. And so, both sides of an issue in a disunified, in a, in a church that's not unified, both sides probably still love their church. Mm-hmm. And so, the more you can find to celebrate that church or protect that church, the more that brings them together. That's one of their commonalities. That's great. What about number five? Challenge the few objectors, and uh, and this one is hard. But there will always be a few people who are just naturally divisive, like they are just problem stirrers, gossipers, um, troublemakers, whatever you want to call them. The, the scripture addresses them as well. You know, there, there are plenty of those divisive type of people. You may have to call some of them out on that. Uh, I have had situations where I'm talking to a church, had one recently, I was consulting with the church just a few months ago. And they told me how um, there were several in the church that any time they did anything at all, they blasted them with social media, um, you know, emails. Just they just were brutal to the staff, and it was just a few, a handful of people, but it was causing disunity in the church. So you're going to have to address those people because one, that's not biblical. Mm. Um, it's it's not helpful. 
it's not uh, – I mean, we're talking about a gospel issue at that point, right? And so you may have to address them head on, and and I'm not pretending that's easy. No, no. But uh, you, chances are you're not going to be able to move forward until you do. Uh, I was in a church once um, that – same same illustration of of uh, a church that was not unified that I was leading, and uh, and there were a few of those people uh, that would just bash everything at a business meeting, and I finally had to say to some of the leadership, look, until some of you are willing to stand up to some of them, this isn't getting getting any better, and so you had to have people willing to say that's not fair, and we're not going to talk that way, you know, and so uh, challenge the few objectors. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to make this one like the biggest one, mm-hmm. but this is the hardest, or one of the harder ones. It is one of the harder and, ones. And I just, you know, I've, I've walked through this at a few churches, and th- there's always that moment where you're like, oh, man, you see it pop up, and you go, we're going to have to address that. Yeah. And it's so easy to run away from it. Oh, yeah. Just let easier. It easier, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I, I've heard it said before, leaders do hard things. That's right. And sometimes alone. Yeah. And... You don't want to do that alone. You want other people. You don't want to be the only one mm. going after, like, taking care of it. But, man, it is the hard things that we have to do to be able to get unity. Yeah. And it, like you said, it is a gospel issue at that point. Well, and he- here's the thing. I mean, there is a pastor out there listening. Pastors notoriously don't like conflict, you know. Um, we're kind of called to love on people, right? And, and you don't uh, – so I don't know any pastor that – well, I, I do know a couple of pastors. I know very few pastors yeah. who welcome conflict, and yet, um, if you're out there and you know there's those one, there are those one or two people in your church always causing disruption, you may have to address them before things get better. Yeah. As hard as that is to hear. Yeah. Well, on the other side of that, yes. what's number six? Embrace the influencers. You know, those who are uh, influential in the church, positive-minded, they're supportive. Um, can I give a, a, a secret here of, of, uh, of church change that uh, I think I can say this. Just don't tweet this one, okay? We'll keep it just between the podcast <laughs> yeah. family, you know. But I have often advised um, churches, for instance, when they're – Electing deacons, um, as an example, or or committee members, or whatever it is, if you're if if the governance of your church does that sort of thing, you can influence that by just asking the 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 kind people, you know, the nice people to vote, you know, because a lot of times they'll step away and not participate, and 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 uh, it doesn't take many. For instance, we changed our um, a deacon body one time. Uh, simply by asking the staff and their spouses to vote, because they're not going to vote for somebody who's a, you know, divisive person. So just, I'm not saying you don't manipulate anything. You just yeah. ask people to vote, yeah. uh, because the more people that vote, the less likely they are to vote for people who are going to be divisive. Mm, that's good. Another the embrace the influencer. I just think of, and I know you're big on this. Actually, getting to know the leaders in your church and those yes. who have a, a voice in the community, right. wherever that is, and I know you do this, but another pastor that um, I was talking to, like with their calendar, they have times on their schedule that are meant to meet with leaders and then potential leaders. So they're always face to face, sharing the vision, getting to know what are their concerns. So if there's disunity, that's a great place to start. Is it just? 
be with your people, be with the yes. influencers, be with the leaders, and hopefully you can start to see unity come about. That's great. What about number seven? Communicate effectively. Uh, communication is always important, but especially in times of disunity. Um, people will make up their own stories mm. if they don't have an answer. And uh, you got to keep people informed. you got to uh, make sure everybody knows what's going on. Uh, of course, communication includes preaching. Um, it may be a season to plan a uh, sermon around Unity, you know, because the Bible's full of that. In fact, probably some of the greatest um, encouragements to the church is to be unified, is to be together on on who you are as a church. And so, uh, you know, it, it may be uh, um, leading the church to pray together for a set period of time around a common goal, but communicate effectively, especially during times of disunity. Uh, I should point out with all of these, there's no guarantees on that, you know, and you may not. Uh, one of the, I don't think I said this first, but I've been saying it as if it's mine for a long time, so I'll claim it now. <laughs> but the the church is not uh, a local church is not guaranteed. The church is yeah. guaranteed. And somebody said uh, to me one time, uh, "Have you tried to find one of Paul's churches that he planted?" You know, mm-hmm. so. Uh, there's no guarantee that church is ever going to be unified. But I think part of our job as leaders is to do all we can to help our churches be unified. That's great. Well, if you're in that seat or you're about to enter into one of those where you just see that you're going to be needing to fight for unity, and no matter if it's great now, you still need to fight for unity. So we hope this has been helpful to you. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying these episodes, please help us continue providing them by liking, sharing, reviewing, subscribing. It helps other leaders like yourself find the podcast. And if there's a topic that you want us to discuss, feel free to go to ronevinson.com and shoot uh, a contact form and just let us know. We'd love to be able to cover any topic that you have on your mind. With that, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Ron Edmondson Leadership Podcast. For more information about Ron, check out ronedmondson.com. For more leadership resources from Lifeway, check out leadership.lifeway.com. Thank you.